Hey everybody and welcome back to the discussion phase. This is our weekly board gaming podcast where we take a break from playing the games we love to talk about the games we love. As always, I'm your host Brady. And I'm Matthew. And I'm Jacob. And on today's episode, we are diving in to Unmatch and coming up with our own Unmatched Dream Boxes. That's right. And we'll also be catching up on some recent plays. So stay tuned. And as always, buckle up. Got the summertime music, a few summertime puns. You guys, you guys started summertime vibes without me. Well, you week? were on the beach. Yeah, you on were the on the beach. We that was as close as we were going to get Sipping to the summertime vibes. <laughs> you said yeah. diving in. I said buckle up. Or like it's just like let's take a Mustang, a convertible down Gulf this Gulf to shoot Gulf to Bay Boulevard and freaking dive in the water. And listen, right? to that's that. what you did last week. Listen to that you soundtrack. And listen to that soundtrack over and over and over again. Yeah. I could. Well, we're glad to have you back, Brady. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't quite the same. John did an honorable job yeah. standing in, in your stead, but those well, were big you. shoes to fill. Well, yeah. So I was at the beach last week, so I appreciate you guys taking up the mantle without me. But when I came back, we kind of hit the ground running. That's right. Got in, what is it? Yeah, Tuesday. Um, we're releasing the podcast a little late, but we got in like four or five plays over the past couple yeah, of days. Yeah, because originally, John and I talked about our original plans. We were we thought we were going to be the only two in town, so we were going to have our two-player extravaganza and just literally game till we dropped as hard as we could all day. I <laughs> and mean, I was and like, found, I'm coming back. And, and then Jacob was like, do I need to come back? And we're like, yes. Yes, please come back. <laughs> uh, I, felt, I felt a little guilty because I listened to your podcast late last week and... For the first 30 minutes, you guys literally just gushed about all the two-player games you wanted to play, <laughs> and I felt yeah. like I crashed your your party, so I, I apologize. No, no, more the merrier, unless unless we're playing uh, Brass Birmingham. Oh, oh, which we did. We did. Which we, we just played did. like five minutes ago. Yeah, so we'll get into that, but as far as kind of going through a quick rundown, uh, we got some pictures we're going to put up on the Discord. Uh, John and I did start off the morning strong around 9, 9.30. Uh, we hit up Middle Earth, a battle, battle strategy, strategy battle game. Which I feel like Battle John is working game? hard to just BSG. drag us all into. Oh, listen, Middle he has our BSG. claws into us as hard as he can. Um, he's been telling us for weeks, I have no time, because we were trying to start a book club, an audio book club and between th- us. Three or four four of us finished that book. <laughs> That's within, right. Within like eight days. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's great. Uh, but John, week. for several weeks now, has constantly said, I don't have time. But yet the man is walking around with 400 pages of middle earth <laughs> strategy war gaming rule books and and character and guides and point he's systems absorbed all of it all of it yeah John the bus just went yeah. by and you but, were under it yeah I but we got in a basic throwing you there yeah a basic game personal. yeah we got a basic game and setup um I was playing some just some generic orcs he was playing some ju- just some standard riders of Rohan's mountain mounted units and you know we've talked before about war gaming and and my lack of desire to really step into that world where you know just rolling dice and just whatever happens happens because I we've even watched some uh played on YouTube and it's like it just doesn't seem like there's much there other than rolling dice but I was actually surprised on some of the strategy in the game positioning especially when you have obstacles and a structured boundaries for the map um, and so you can kind of position your units to block off and impede opponents paths and and kind of knowing initiative order and how things are going to go so there was a little bit more to it and when you add heroes you get to mitigate dice and use hero points to um, give you a little bit more control over the randomness. But Plus, it, it's Lord of the Rings. It's Lord of the Rings. And honestly, if it wasn't any other, if it was any other IP, I probably w- wouldn't have been so eager. But we got play mats. We're 
were looking at getting some more units and stuff. Brady went and started looking at some of the stuff and I just saw in the twinkle in his know, eyes, like yeah. here's another expensive my hobby. Were, my eyes were twinkling and I yeah, I was recognizing this is another expensive hobby. Not only is it expensive financially, it is expensive time time wise, time management Well the game played pretty quick. And I, I know, but you got to come on sprues, you got to paint them, you got to do that. Yeah. So what we'll do is, I, I figured out what we'll do is, we'll just give John some money as for like our part of it, but he'll take the time, because you know he has infinite time now. Infinite time. Infinite time yeah. now. Um, he'll unsprue <laughs> them, he'll put them on their bases, he'll prime them, and you know, he'll start using some of his new speed paint. So we'll funnel him some, some money and he'll build the armies for us. Okay, so we also got in a quick game of Ares Expedition. A semi-quick game, comparative at least to Terraforming Mars. Yeah. 45 to still 45 to 60 minutes, I would say our game was. And I don't know how you boys feel, but after this, I was like, what is Race for the Galaxy? <laughs> this game looks better. It feels better. It's not better than Terraforming Mars, but it is miles talking. ahead of Race for the Galaxy. Miles. So I would say there's still enough difference between the two. Ares Expedition has more going on. The world is is more fleshed out with different strategies with cards, but these race for the galaxies, driven roll for the galaxies or the new frontiers, they're, they're almost hyper-focused and that yeah. also makes them quicker. Um, and a lot of the elements reuse other things on the cards and the cards are multi-use Ares expedition. You can still go after, you know, microbes or you can go after different resources or heat mm -hmm. production. Uh, even though it's trimmed back a lot from Terraform Mars, you can still, there's a lot of different, avenues to work in but it also makes it a little bit longer and it, i mean there's still a lot of stuff going on the board on the table yeah. even though it's a smaller game yeah, i definitely don't like it better than terraforming mars it's it but it's for what it does i think it does good yeah uh yeah. for for being a, and that's, that's where I, I was talking to john is like i just don't understand what market like all these expansions that they recently did on the kickstarter like there's going to be there's two or three at least more yeah. expansions. And I was That's like, going to make it longer. And it's going to make complicated yeah. And so more. the whole purpose I felt like for Ares Expedition is is to get to a, a streamline it, streamline it, get to an audience that would buy it at Target or Walmart, and you could play it with relatively newer gamers. Like that's where it's niche. But when you start adding in all these expansions, you know you're not going to be that much far off from Terraforming Mars. You want my opinion on it? Yeah. yeah. You was that your you're first being, game? You're being very solid. That was my that was my first game. Okay. Ares Expedition. I just think that and you're in a, a world, you're a Race for the Galaxy simp over there. In a world where Race for the Galaxy exists, and in a world where terraforming Mars exists, why do we need some hybrid in between version of it that doesn't well, do anything as well as the other games do? I just don't think we need it. You know, but, I respect that decision. But I actually. Like had a fine time playing. Yeah. It was fine. I it had was, a fantastic. It it doesn't like wet my willy as the yeah. expression. I think goes. the one thing it does that really makes it like pop, and I think is a really good idea they changed is is resources as far as like your titanium and steel. Instead of producing them to spend, when you gain that production, it kind of it's, it's like, like your permanent new thing, permanent yeah. ongoing discount. I do like that. I never got any the whole game, but yeah. I do. Like I had that. a huge mm -hmm. like I had like yeah. a twenty four discount on any card that had a titanium tag on it which was huge. And so I do think there's a place, but it is prettier than as far as artwork, the oh. artwork on the cards. It's prettier than, it's both, prettier than both of them. <laughs> Unquestionably. Unquestionably. Yeah. The, the graphic design yeah. is great. I, the art's I do great. think that's a good point though, Jacob, if you're wanting the meatier, heavier, crunchier, like that's terraforming Mars. But if you're wanting the quicker streamlined, 
it's it's race for the galaxy or even roll for the galaxy. Yeah. Um, I like that system where like you play an action and everybody follows, and if you're the one who played oh, the action, I love it. I think it's yeah. a great it's, system. Everyone's engaged, but it, it makes a big difference on player count because John and I we last played it at two, and often what happened a lot of times we were just playing the same card each of us. And so you're getting one action. So we got to the point to where like, I'm not even going to care what the other person does. I'm always just going to play the card I need. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a four player game, you're kind of thinking about, yeah, okay, what does sure. Brady need to play? Or what does John need to play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about that. And then I could kind of offset it so we can get, but even in four player game, you're like, well, you're just getting four actions every time. I think only once we actually had four unique actions. Usually yeah. you're still ranging the two to three. It's surprising how many times we ended up with like two. Yeah. 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 Also that game, you need the double Dual, the dual layered player boards. Yeah. It's really All, well. The, I'd say the game the, board the even more. Version. Yeah, the right. where you keep track of your scores is so small, and barely two of those little tiny tokens could fit on one space. But they slide and bump off, and we were just trying to remember where our scores were. Yeah. Um, but I still think it, it's it's mechanically solid. The whole like Puerto Rico yeah. style of you yeah. choose everyone. Well, some games you choose an action, you get the bonus. Everyone gets a lesser benefit, which is that. But we're all doing like multiple actions at once. All right, but. If we are talking about, about superior space, space games? hexagon games, you know what game we're talking about? I have a sinking, uh, is that what it is? Sinking suspicion? Yeah, sneaking suspicion. Sneaking suspicion. It is Magna Storm. And did, oh boy, did it take us over like a storm. <laughs> yeah, so Steven um, joined us again uh, the other night and brought Magna Storm. Which I had heard about in name, but I wasn't familiar I know, with. I don't know that I had ever heard about it. I heard about it in name, and I'd seen the cover art, but I wasn't but familiar space, with space hexagons, giant turtles. That's what this game is about. Well, they were small turtles to us, but in, in relative size to the universe, <laughs> yeah, they were like ginormous that, turtles. turtles. <laughs> and so, essentially, this is like this is a race game down to its core, right? Well, real quick, You're the game ends. Points. Yeah, but isn't that this? But the game also wins after four rounds. So after four rounds, whoever has the most points would just What's win. It? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that game was going to end on our fourth round, regardless of who hit 27 points. So okay. the way it ends is when someone hits 27 points, that, that means it's the last round, but everyone still finishes the round. So it's a quasi, like if you, yeah, yeah, it's okay. a, you, st- you feel the tension of... I feel like most of the time, it's probably going to get to 27 points. I don't know. Versus Maybe. the four rounds? Yeah. If you play it more in your... More but efficient. what you're essentially doing is um, you're on this planet with these turtle labs that essentially can help you, I guess, gather resources. What that looks like is you're going up on tracks. Um, but you're going around this board. There is a, and sort of like dropping off these turtle labs, there is a storm uh, sort of akin to something like photosynthesis type of thing that is like rotating in the middle of the board that kind of tells you where this storm is. And basically what that is is like, a dead space on the board where you are not going to score or gather resources. Yeah, it reminds me like in Tekinu, um, where you had the obelisk, and as the obelisk turned, it focused on certain regions with certain bonuses. So there's yeah. eight regions on the map, uh, and only, or it may have been six regions. Yeah, there's six regions on the map, I think, but only three of them are active for mm-hmm. scoring yeah. area control and resource ga- gathering. Yeah. But basically what it does is it, it's not really, it's not like super tight, you never, you never sort of like get caught up in the storm unless you're di- doing something real, real wrong. Cause you can like skip ahead, but basically it's just kind of pushing you forward a little yeah. bit throughout the game. Um, but you're on one side of the board, you're kind of doing this track racing thing akin to Zulkin sort of. Yeah. Or guy and, and uh, Guy Terra Mystica, Terra Mystica Gaia, yeah, project. Yeah. And then on the other side of the board is this neat action selection system that looks way more complicated than it is. I was worried when we looked at it. Yeah. 
Um, but basically you're just like, there's two boards and you are moving your pawns from one board to the other and then, and then back again the next round. So yeah. one, one round you're moving them from a board to another board. And then that kind of affects slightly how they will move then back to the other board. And so that there's a little bit of gaminess yeah. there. And it was like surprisingly tense. Yeah. Cause the, at the core, even though it looks like a lot is going on, there's only two actions you're truly doing at the core. One action is you're gathering resources. resources. And so resources are cubes, cubes. Yeah. based on player colors um, because certain actions you do will cost certain player colors. If you're interacting with those players, like controlled areas, the second action is building turtles. And so what turtle building does is one, if you have ever are had, laughs, yeah, yeah. Turtle, building, just, yep. turtle building. Oh, <laughs> work how I'm looking at on this picture of, uh, it actually uh, does surprisingly enough. Is, yeah. Cause you can build two turtles in the same space. This is Jacob, turtle mounting right here. Jacob just showed us a lovely picture on BGG where what, the what, turtles, what number episode is this, Matthew? Episode 69. Oh, yeah. these turtles. Man, gosh. <laughs> Magna Storm is... We're a family-friendly uh, show. doesn't quite look like that, but you can drop off two turtles at once. Not a very efficient action. Yeah, so uh, essentially you're going you around the board in a, in, a, in, a, in a secular nature. You must go clockwise around the board, uh, and you're trying to build these turtles because each region is going to have area majority bonuses, and then there are different kind of like storm clusters that are color-coordinated that if you build your turtle on them, you get to go up its corresponding track. Um, when you look at it, it looks like a lot's going on, but it's really quite simple. Are you gathering sources? Or are you or, pricing turtles? Yeah, and then you're trying to get bonuses by prioritizing when you do it. Um, yeah. But I thought it was great tension all throughout. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a good bit of interaction because you're going around the same board, but you're also trying to like sway the influence of these, uh, I guess, like leaders. Yeah. Um, they're either like political leaders or military Which leaders. are essentially asymmetrical kind of like little abilities. Power bonuses, yeah. yeah. Um, and, but they also give you points. And so you're kind of like stealing those back and forth from each other um, in order to get points. Um, and yeah. So there's it's a little bit of a point salad. And, and I thought it was really cool. So when you essentially you gain the the influence of one of these leaders and you have their ability, uh, it stays with you until someone kind of overtakes your influence with more and takes away from you. But when you gain a leader's influence, you gain two victory points. But if you ever lost one, you only lose one victory point. Yeah, that's and nice. so it incentivizes so one. Yeah, so you're still incentivized to go after other people's and try to sway them. But if you lose them, it doesn't it's not feel the world. too bad. And you can actually go back and get them back again and mm -hmm. get those new two points. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really. And you kind of recognize it doesn't feel too bad because you kind of recognize that that's part of the system. That's part of this. That's kind of how it works. And they're rotating around, and sometimes yeah. you're fighting to hold on to them, not for the points, but for the abilities. And the way the way you are able to steal them is you have to get. Um, resources from that player. And so you can kind of see around the table, you know, like if I can see, if I see that Matthew has my resources, I recognize that he has the ability to take my stuff. And so I can kind yeah. of prepare against that a little bit. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, I did, couldn't see coming or, oh, it just happened in one yeah, round. You're and, kind of preparing for and it. And I couldn't stop it. You can do things to prepare. But at the end of the day, like, you can't just complete the only only area you can completely stop is because you also get bonuses if you're at the top of a resource track. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's a little easier to keep lead in those. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was really great. Obviously, when we started, we didn't have any idea on the strategy and, and how these systems worked. But about a third way into the game or halfway, like it was, I was really standing clinking. up. Yeah. Yeah. And usually and every I, time Brady stands up, he's getting really I, into the, the game. The engines are just firing away yeah. up there and, and I, it played pretty yeah. quick too including teach it was like an hour and 45 minutes yeah. and so i mean this game could 
really be streamlined closer to the 60, 75 minute mark. Um, and there's, I mean, like I said, so. it's simple actions, but a lot of like thinking about how does these, how do their strategies change together? Yeah. Um, so, so I deemed this the number one space hexagon game ever. And there were a lot of space hexagons in this game, including the turtles. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it's not a bad game. All right. So lastly, I guess it could stand. There's not a ton of hexagons in it. There lastly, are some. lastly, we, the turtles do look cool. That's so, about all the input I can give about yeah. that game. Let's give these are some these are some redos, some rematches, so to say. But let's give quick thoughts on our oath game and quick thoughts on brass that we just played. What do you what do you think of Matthew? Yeah, so What's I can that? I'll uh, Jacobs can hit brass because he spoiler alert, he won. He started doing some new strategies, shenanigans on us. I think we all, I think we all like kind of elevated to the next level. Jacob just a little bit ahead of us. Yeah. Cause we're, you know, this is a game. Every game is, is like, still feels like a learning game in the good way. So you're talking about Oath? You're talking about Brad? Let's talk about Oath. (laughs) So I still think Oath is a magnificently designed game for what it does. The systems, the economy, the card play, the way the world works out, the way that the world evolves as you play it, the way that it generates. And Jacob was mentioning like story, the way you're talking and remembering decisions and actions. And you have to almost kind of go into this game. This is a game that you're experiencing more than a game that you're every point along the way. I'm like cultivating this ongoing strategy to win you almost have to look at it. Am I playing the game for the experience or am I playing the game for just a, a binary win or loss state? And then I only look at the game or judge the game by a win or loss condition. If I lost, the game was just, it was a waste. Or if I won, now the game was worthy of playing. Yeah. Um, and I think Oath presents itself specifically as a, as a, as a system in a world to experience and win or lose your almost enjoyment of the game should be equal and so, it, you know, now for some players, you know, justifiably so, they may not enjoy that as much. And how that works is is the moving of win states in the game. And I think the it's, it's actually shows well designed because the move states do have the ability to constantly be moving. That can also be some of the frustration with it because, you know, the Chancellor starts with one of four win states and they have their win condition. Uh, they just have to keep that win condition long enough in the game to where they can trigger the end. Um, and, you know, when they get into round five, six or seven, their likelihood of triggering in gets sooner. So it, I do I do like the fact that it adds urgency to the other players and the other players can learn of new win conditions. They're called visions, but they're essentially new win conditions you find in the card deck, the world deck in the game. Or you can actually steal or through combat or through different conniving. There's some different special abilities you can find in the game to gain control of the chancellor's actual win state or win condition is usually holding an item or holding a status. Um, but I do like the fact that no matter what is ever taken from somebody, there's always a way or a method for them to regain it, maybe at mm-hmm. a higher cost, but there's never like, well, I took it and there's just no way I'll ever get it back. Yeah. And, it's, and my game is over, but the game is kind of a constantly revolving because when you get close to the halfway point of the game around about round four or five, almost everyone has identified a win condition that they're looking at. Yeah. Right. And they're moving closer, but you also have to identify who's closest to their win state. But it's not like, you know, in a game that, you know, your win state is, is absolute. My win game, my win condition is absolute. Like we all have our four win conditions and that never changes. 
we could actually be switching these wind conditions between us as we're also trying to go. So like yeah. my one wind condition was I had to rule the most sites, which is almost think of rolling the most clearings and route, right? That was my wind condition. Jacob, your wind condition was like holding the people's favor, which yes. is this, this item that symbolizes that it's kind of like a special item that you had to hold on to. And it got more and more expensive to hold on to it because you had to spend right. resources I, to I keep it. I think what you're describing right there is my issue with the game. Yeah, and exactly. Is, it's not intuitive at all. You Because you were just saying, Jacob had to hold the people's favor. That's like this kind of special token that, you know, it's like, what does the people's token so, mean? Nobody really yeah, knows. And so that is one thing with this game is the terminology is, is not intuitive, it's way out but there. you could, when you explain it, you could simplify essentially the people's favor is like, you just have a special, it's a that you gotta it's, win. it's a special token yeah. that has, has some rules on how you keep it. But what I'm saying is there is ways in the game to where I could discard my win condition, which and is called pivot. a vision yeah. pivot, take Jacob's through either combat or deception or negotiation, take the, that special token Jacob had. And now we've completely switched to win yeah, conditions. Yeah. And then Jacob could go after the chancellors or, and so I think that system that you can do that is really, really cool, but it can also lead to this kind of secular, secular, cyclical, cyclical nature cyclical. of where it's kind of revolving. You're looking at, yeah. well, for it to get back to my turn, I have to, do this to the player ahead of me. Yeah, the, when in our last game, the last about the last two rounds, it was just you having to stop the next person in turn order from winning. Yeah, and so, so that they could stop the next person. So that they could stop the next person. <laughs> so that they could stop. And so that went around yeah. for two. And it's not like, and we're being completely serious. It was I have to stop the next person in turn order. That person has to stop. The next person in turn order. Yeah. That person has to stop. The, and the it was exhausting. But the interesting thing is though that does come to an end because if we just keep doing Final, that, yeah, the yeah. chancellor will just win because right. essentially the citizens are in disarray and they can't. Yeah, there is a time out. limit on it. There is a time yeah. limit, and there comes a point to where that just can't keep on happening. I guess where right, the, the time limit is not short enough. I will say. Yeah, that. yeah, and I think the one thing that kind of stands out is that in a lot of games when you are. Because I, I don't ever think any of our attentions is ever like, oh, I'm just going to put this player down and just destroy their game just to do it. You know, we all are doing things to try to progress our win state. But let's say, let's take any other game that we do that are, it's kind of, because this is kind of like an area control dudes on a map type S yep. game. Jake and I earlier were comparing it significantly to Inish. Yeah. Even in the fact that the way you can own and control lands can give you unique powers and kind of unique abilities. It's yeah. a lot like Inish. Mm -hmm. And so, but we kind of agreed, and you guys know how much I don't like Inish, that the card drafting slash action ability in Inish is way better yeah. than than this. Yeah. Really? They give yeah. they but they do give a similar feeling. It's way more streamlined. And I think everything you just described, Matthew, is I mean, it there really is a ton of genius into the game and you guys just did this whole thing on Cole Worley last week. Um, and I do think like it's a stroke of brilliance, a lot of his creation in this game. And he talks about wanting to make it feel like you know, he has historical games, a lot of war games, but he wanted to feel like this is just one kind of abstract, this is one land that this keeps happening in. It's like over generations of time. Mm -hmm. And so you have these stories build up and compile. And it's fun. That chronicle idea is fun. And yeah. we've even had fun in our book writing these because extravagant stories. How it's supposed how to go from happened. one game to another is you won. You were technically in exile. You weren't part of the Chancellor's Kingdom. Right. Because you won you, with the people's favor. You get to become the Chancellor next right. time. Offer citizenship or partnership to other players. Yeah. And so, yeah, so exactly. Great, yeah. a great concept, great idea. And like kudos to him for like putting in the effort to design a game like that. I just do think that it, 
become so silly that it doesn't like the king making uh, or that like I stop you so you can stop him so he can stop him so he can stop her so she can stop me so and it just on and on it goes it does just feel it just gets old yeah and every game plays out that way yeah and I don't think it's um, king making as much as it's the fact that and it may feel like it to us yeah, but I yeah, think yeah. it's because for me to you know someone has to interact let's say with Brady's character or faction or he'll win now obviously we have to do that but me doing that. Not, most times in our games, it felt like us interacting with other players to prevent their win status never actually helped progress our own. And that just made us more vulnerable. And it's almost like everyone is just constantly having to take sacrifices yeah. for the team. Whereas like other games, like in a route, you can, you know, let's say the otters, like in one of the games recently, the otters were way ahead. You know, I need to interact with the raw otters to prevent their, you. yeah, but it still, I it still can benefit me some. And I think that's mm -hmm. actually where we, we our frustrations with the vagabond comes in is almost exactly like with with oath because you have to interact with that vagabond to slow him down but it doesn't help your win status and now that just gives everyone who else who didn't do it opportunities to do things yeah. and like so I, said, I would say this is like the the most lifestyle game of lifestyle games so if you <laughs> want to just commit so much time and you want to play this on a on i would say at least a couple times a month um, then it would probably be worth it for you. And it can support that because there's so many having a blast with it. Like yeah. we've only have like, Good. we've gone through a fifth or a sixth of the cards and the, all the worlds and the abilities. And the thing is how their game ends, new cards will be added to the deck based on the win status or different lands. And so it's a game that does grow and evolve, but you got to look at what experience do I want to have? Is it, do I want to go into a gaming experience just to experience it for experiencing sake or like, this binary win or loss status effect because like some of us when we look at second place is just is is an equal to a loser to fourth right yeah. where some people can look at well you know i almost won and so i still have that sense of yeah. satisfaction or you from care it. at the end you know if if the you know whoever's gonna if the chance was gonna win and you're the type of group who would care about oh will you let me into your kingdom and that type of thing and that matters to you then that might elevate the game. We kind of finish the game and go, well, no one cares. I think uh, our, at least our group gravitates yeah, yeah. to the more of like, we can identify the winner and hierarchy. We, we like the, and the closure and the finality of it. Um, yeah, I guess that's a, a good, of a game to game basis, which, yeah. you know, just kind of struggle with. I, it's yeah. kind of just if like you want free casual, flowing and story of an empire. Yeah. If you want a casual experience, just play in it. Cause you could almost you kind of look at this as more of a board gaming esoteric kind of RPG type stuff too. Yeah. It's really neat. Like yeah. it really does do something no other board game does. And I think it's really cool. And, yeah. I, and I do say kudos to the mad scientist Cole Worley, who's too mad for his own yeah. good sometimes. But I do think the word finality is a good way of looking at it. Cause I don't feel that sense of closure, but also not also the sense of expectation to the next game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do we want to, Wrap up yeah. with a few yeah. praises to brass. Yeah. Jacob, ex share with us your wisdom and insight because you are now the all-time <laughs> high, high score. You hold the high score. I won't of even, all time. Let's not even say the high score on air because I think I'd be embarrassed uh, after. Oh, yeah. Some, people some are scoring in the scores. 200s, but you, what'd you hit? 160 well, something? Hey, we're growing. You just said it. Yeah. One, 166. 166. And I was very proud of that score yeah. and uh, worked hard for it. So yeah. we really, and this is my third or fourth game, I think maybe fourth game of brass. And to date, we had not really explored uh, the develop action much, mm -hmm. especially in the... And I don't even think we fully explored it to 
to, to the fullest to, extent yeah. tonight. But, but I just decided with my first couple actions, I'm going to get the ironworks out there, which can kind of feed a develop strategy, which will help me get rid of some of the lower cost. Basically, most buildings I put out, I wanted to be level two or higher because after the it, the first canal phase, all level one buildings get wiped. leave the board, yeah. which means they won't score again. Like you can use them through resources and they'll score you for the first phase, but they won't score for the second phase. So I wanted to get as much as possible any level two and higher buildings out in the canal phase. Essentially, every get. building you built in the first half of the game was actually worth twice as much as yeah. is on there. Yeah, and you have to do you have to develop that. You can't just build buildings. There, there's no way to get there's enough not resources enough time, yeah. time yeah. to build enough buildings to get up. So you have to develop, which basically lets you remove yeah. some of the early. So tiles you're probably putting out less buildings. Yeah, I but did better buildings. Yes, yeah, I did yeah. put out less buildings, um, especially in the canal phase, than you guys did, um, but. but you, yeah. But because they stay on, basically when the rail phase, the second phase of the game starts, um, you can only build out from your network, which is what you've only got on the board. So I had four buildings or so I had one. in the second phase. Right, you had like had two. one or two. I had like, I had three or four, but they were poorly positioned. Yeah, so immediately off the bat, you wanted to build more buildings, but you needed coal, but you couldn't... I couldn't could get connect, it anywhere. Connect to anywhere. coal anywhere. So I had so to like... Slowed your way you know, around. down. yeah. yeah. And meanwhile, I was able to get up right up and running in the second phase and start and plant my new railroads where I wanted to to score the rail points at the end of the game um, and just get me enough. Because I actually think I scored um, less. I think Brady scored more rail points and I think Matthew scored more buildings, but I scored a healthy amount of both. Both, yeah. And so that was able to, mm-hmm. you know, enough to leapfrog. But yeah. it's just a phenomenal, I mean, the economy... It, the way that the game works is one of our top ranked uh, action selection, right? The way that the amount of money you spend directly, um, uh, affects the turn order order in the next round, the loan, the way you take a loan, the system, it's like just painful enough early game where you're like, Oh, I want to do it so bad, but I got to time it right. And so I'm not losing too much income off the bat. Um, it has so many things going for it. And, uh, it's just one of those games that, um, I judged too early after one play. Or when you played it, started at 11 o'clock at yeah, night. Yeah, it was a little late. <laughs> uh, and and it's, it can really, really grow with us. Oh I my think. gosh. It's just a game, like, so if we compare and contrast Oath and Brass, which are two very different games, all right? And I'm not acknowledging that at the bet. Yeah. But both very, I would say, fiddly. Like, what? I- not you're not fiddly, but this take time. Well, they right, like to learn the, the way the lingo like, and yeah, well, terminology. Yeah, terminology. I think. Well, not. I mean, I think brass is a little fiddly. Like, the, well, the network with how the networking system works and how like iron you can pull from anywhere, but coal you have to have this network. Yeah, and it's not intuitive. Beer, you can, not intuitive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Beer, both are not you intuitive. Can take, you put it that way. If it's yours, but not if it's other people. Yeah, it's yeah. like. They have a barrier to entry. Yeah. Like when I when we describe my, you gotta you better for both games. You better keep that rule book right yeah, right yeah. next to you. Or even when we describe like my management, we always say do not explain the game to new players using the game's terminology. Yeah, yeah it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I, we talk about all the time with games that we love are games that we feel like we are continually growing and exploring and discovering and present a healthy challenge because like every yeah. game we play, I feel like we're we're pushing new or pulling new levers and pushing new buttons of how the game works and we're showing progress and growth with it. Yeah. Um, but it has to be worth it. So, it can, so keep, I was going to say every um, game of brass, every turn of brass just has me like wanting more. I'm just like, Oh man, what mm-hmm. more can I, can I get out of this game? And I have so much farther to go. And the contrast here with oath is 
I just like, for what I'm getting out of the experience, it's just not worth the time. And how many times we've got to reference the dang rule book and <laughs> all the like set up, tear down, like the tear that game down. You literally have to write a thesis at the end. You got to freaking solve a whole new puzzle <laughs> after you play the game. And uh, I'm just like, it's just not worth my energy. When John we pulled a out that like on the flow show. chart at the end of Oath, <laughs> so that, like, oh, you have to do all That was for solo <laughs> play, to be fair. And that's my opinion. Like, no. That's my opinion. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of other and opinions. I was like, I was literally standing up on like the first or second turn because I'm like, <laughs> my brain's about to explode. I got to be able to look in this whole map and, yeah. and put together a plan. And I and I love the card system in it um, because you, you're drawing cards randomly. There's no draft. There's no market. You're drawing the cards randomly. But the game gives you just enough flexibility to be creative. The game forces you because I don't think any of us ever felt like we just always constantly had the five cards that we needed to do five sequential actions without... Having having to worry about it. Yeah. We also, yeah, we use the wild cards a lot more than yeah. we had in previous games. And too. so if it, it, it gives you the opportunity to be creative or to do workarounds or wait until your opponent places something down so you can benefit off of it. So I think it's fantastic. I mean, that's why it's, you know, what top three, four, at least five, at least still. It's um, making BGG. its way up my own top 50. Yeah. You will be in the top 10. All righty. So we have also been kind of here and there even i uh, in chattanooga have been sprinkling on some games of unmatched and if you haven't heard of unmatched it's from rest racing games and it's the way i would describe it is a very simplified and streamlined card driven miniatures game i would say skirmish it's a lot of adjectives uh, I mean, Skirmish Miniatures. I, well, it's I not miniatures say, as like, far as like X-Wing Miniatures game. Yeah, but you have miniatures and they're moving around the board. So you're not like, yeah, I guess maybe Skirmish game's a little better. You, you don't, you're not building a, a fleet or an army or anything like that, but you do use a miniature. So it's usually one, your, your army, if you want to say that, is usually like one to, th- you know, a handful of miniatures. Because some of these heroes have like sidekicks um, that that are like kind of weaker or whatever that they can use, but you have a map on the board. The line of sight system is super great. super easy to understand um, for range things like ranged attacks. Then there's melee attacks. Um, and the, the each character has a deck of cards. Um, the deck of cards has basically three types of cards. There's, well, I guess, I guess technically four. So there's attack cards, there's defense cards, there's hybrid cards that do either attack or defense and then there's like special cards. What are those called? Schemes? Schemes, Schemes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's like special cards that just kind of do an effect. Um, and so do you guys have anything to add to that description? Yeah, I think what makes Unmatched stand out is that once you just know the core concept of the game, which literally on your turn you do two actions, um, they can be the same action, but you have three options. You can maneuver, which essentially draw a card and move. Yeah, you must draw a card. The second thing is you can perform an attack, uh, either range, which means you're in the same zone. Which I think this is where the game really helps simplify things. That mm-hmm. uh, on these maps and these boards are double sided, and different maps come with different uh, um, themes or the characters. Is that there's you know five or six different colors on the map, and you range is anywhere from color to color. So you don't have to do line of sight. You don't have to do distance. You if you're in the color zone or some spaces are half and half. I can do range, or if I'm just directly adjacent, straightforward, I can do melee attack. Um, and you know, your character tells you if you're a ranged character or a melee character. And then the third thing is our third action is just play a, your character special ability. And but knowing those three things, maneuver, move, and each character gives you a big number on their kind of like starter card 
of how much they can move. And it's mm-hmm. usually between two to four, two to two or three most of the time. But you can pick up any character and pull them yeah, out boom. and start playing. Yeah. You don't have to know their deck. Now, yeah, there's where, like one card that sort of explains their special abilities. And usually and it's the start it. of the, each round or the end of each round based on maybe a positioning yeah. or something like that. They get a little bonus. Um, but really, knowing that, you can pick up any deck, not have to go th- read all the cards, and you start playing. Now, you can be more competitive, and there are certain characters that benefit from knowing your opponent's deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, too, they tell you, like, in the bottom right-hand corner of each card, it gives you a time, it gives the name of the card, and then a times one, two, or three, or four. And you're like, you know how many cards you have in your deck. Um, and so, oh, yeah. but I think that simplicity of core rule set you can pick up any deck, but then there are new characters that are starting to add new little side mechanics and stuff, but you still can yeah, literally yeah. pick up any deck and still go from it. And I think that's the coolest thing for SARS, like ease of play. You don't have to think about it and the different themes and settings from these characters being pulled from. Yeah. Uh, so we can kind of just go through yeah, a quick well, hey, run through so, of our current, of the current characters if you want to. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the cool thing about these characters is unlike a lot of, um, like kind of modern board games that are based off of these like super popular IPs. They, I don't know if it's because the budget wasn't as good earlier on, but they most they, definitely, yeah, they pulled from uh, intellectual po- property that was like Literature. either free or extremely cheap. Most um, of these are free IP, free IP public IP. domain, public domain, yeah. And so you instead of ending up with Spider Man and Harry Potter and Luke Skywalker, you end up getting. King Arthur, the Invisible Man, the Invisible Man, yeah. all that. Like, and I think, really that, cool and I think yeah. that's actually, and honestly, yeah, I honestly, my least favorite characters, not because of abilities or anything, and I haven't haven't actually played them because of it, is the Marvel mm-hmm. edition yeah. because I like these unique characters that are not represented anywhere else from completely different settings and and literature worlds and fiction coming together. Like some examples, um, so we have Battle Legends Volume One has. Um, Medusa, it has King Arthur, it has Alice in Wonderland, and it has Sinbad. All those are completely different. And that's why one thing I don't like as much as like the new Marvel sets, they're all like, there's a Daredevil, then there's also uh, yeah. Bullseye, and then there's Elektra. They're not only are they they're in Marvel, but they're all in the same like Daredevil comics. Like they're yeah, super yeah. unique. Where like if I want to buy a box set, I want like all these to be completely unique. Yeah. Uh, there's we, a Jurassic Park pack that comes with Raptors. And the trapper, Engine. and my my one complaint with that is that while that's awesome, I wish they would have done the Raptors versus some other random person from another universe. Like I, like it's a sort of a contained yeah. Jurassic. And Park so, pack. and that is the Jurassic Park was their first foray into paid intellectual property. Yeah, really getting to that, but um, still kind of like a, I don't know, like an edge sort yeah. of. My favorite set, and it's the first one I played, is the unmatched Cobble and Fog set, which is like heroes from Victorian era literature that includes the Invisible Man, Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde's hybrid, uh, Dracula, who has the three sisters, and then uh, Sherlock with Watson. And one thing we didn't mention is that some of these characters are just the character alone, but some of them have their sidekick, which is essentially a little disc. Sometimes they'll have a health dial. And a lot of times what that really does is like a little strategy of positioning them in relation yeah. to one another for bonuses yeah, and, and it gives attacks. You a buddy. Like you have Sherlock and Holmes. Like you yeah. can't separate those. No. Two. And yeah. you can also use them as kind of defensive measures too. Uh, yeah. we, so we, we mentioned with the, there's Jurassic Park engine versus Raptors. There's Robin Hood versus Bigfoot. So that's, again, that's, you know, a mashup completely different. Uh, we also, we didn't mention, there's also the Buffy the Vampire. 
uh, which is I love. I don't know if I mentioned it on here before, but I love the Buffy the Vampire like series and IP and stuff. I know Empire Slayer. Nothing about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I could buy that. Like, all four characters, you have Buffy, you have Angel, you have Spike, and you have Willow, and they have their different sidekicks in there. But, like, none of you all would want to play any of them because you yeah. have no idea who they are. Yeah. And that's part of the appeal for some of these Separating characters. or, like, having a mashup is, you you know, you might, you'll probably recognize someone in there. Yeah, like, it's all from Buffy. Like, if you know. knew, Buffy, everyone at least knows the name Buffy the Vampire, so you could at least have her, but then mix that in with something else yeah. uh, there's battle legends volume two and this is where they kind of went out a little bit more with the characters you have achilles uh you yeah. have bloody mary which is, i think is one of their coolest characters they've done so far because your little miniature is like this horror creature going through glass Coming out of the mirrors and the cards are terrifying oh yeah the horror art on them you have uh yanega which is i think she's from um african uh lore and stuff about a huntress she's like an archer, yeah. and then you have uh wukong uh, which is from Chinese uh, or Japanese lore. Um, they're actually working on a video game for PS5, which looks amazing. Um, there's there's uh, Dr. Sadler versus T-Rex. Uh, there's Bruce Lee, who's a solo pack. There is also uh, Deadpool as a solo pack. There's Little Red Riding Hood uh, versus Beowulf. And then uh, Redemption Row with the Marvels, including Moon Knight, uh, Daredevil, Look Cage. Uh, not right. Daredevil, but... Uh, um, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Yeah, and so I think that, and I went over, and that's all of them. Uh, there's also the unofficial set of the Brothers Murph. Yes, yeah, that was for their Kickstarter. Kickstarter. They created their yeah. own characters. Yeah. So that's currently where we stand. Uh, a lot of them are just completely unique, but there are some kind and of. We've played a handful of them. So, really quick, what are some of like your, let's hear, what are your top three that are out right now? Uh, my favorite that I've played so far, I love uh, Sherlock Holmes and Watson. I loved uh, Wukong, and I loved Little Red Riding Hood. Jacob. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't played any of those yet. Um, I really enjoyed Medusa. Medusa was great. And I enjoyed Robin Hood and his Merry Men, his Band of Thieves. And I also enjoyed Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Which they, you flip yeah. back and forth, and depending on who you're playing, they have, like you can play Hyde has more powerful cards. Jekyll has like more defense cards, but yeah. it's kind of a balance of flip flopping because you take damage if you stay. I also really liked Sherlock. We played, I played with them the other night. Bloody Mary is awesome. She's a really cool. I haven't played them yet, but I looked them up and the rafters look awesome. I'll have to get them. Because you like, yeah, they have like the one card that's like clever girl and it's sort of like yeah. this decoy. It's just so And that's iconic. the one really cool is the, their card terminology is like if you know the characters or the from literature or anything like that, um, if you know that, then it just, it makes it, it really more comes enjoyable. Out, it comes, yeah. it comes alive. Um, and some new mechanics they're throwing in here um, is like with Little Red Riding Hood, every card you played had a suit on it. There's three different suits. Uh, and then the next card you played, if like the little bonus act, you essentially got a bonus action if you if you kind of paired up these suits in alternating suits. And so like you, it's almost kind of not, you wouldn't want to play the same suit. It's like you play one suit, then you go to the second suit and the third suit. And you got like bonuses and buffs. And so a lot of these newer characters, and we're not going to go into like how they should make the mechanics of the cards. At least I didn't. But I appreciate that they're adding more uh, things that make the characters unique other than just move, attack, yeah. defense. And so we wanted to kind of go through and sort of um, either create our own packs or create our own characters that we want to see in the game. Um, and, you know, we had an episode for an idea of like, intellectual properties that we want to see more in board games, uh, but we didn't yeah. quite know how to flesh that out. So I think this is a good balance of that. So and I went like, with like public domain IPs as well. Cause again, these are like 
things you just don't see in anything else. Yeah, yeah. I went with some of that, a mix of public domain and sort of like adjacent IPs, stuff like that. So yeah. Jacob, do you want to start? Sure. I'll start us off. Um, are we sticking to five? Yeah. 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 About, you can have some honorable mentions. I kind of <laughs> just came up with characters. Um, okay. But I'll start with, and I don't have a clever name for this, but maybe it's just like the uh, the the Dirty Harrys or the Funny Harrys. But I have uh, Harry Dunn and Lloyd Christmas, who are the characters from Dumb and Dumber. Okay, I thought versus, <laughs> versus Harry and Marv, the wet bandits from Home Alone. Okay, so you're actually putting like a, a set yeah, together. That one, that one, yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. I did. I thought that would be fun. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, I have the... Uh, I just called this the horror pack. Um, I'm reading it right now. So I wanted Pennywise the clown in there and I wanted him to be like based off of like have like oh. fear mechanics because he like, you know, he feeds on fear. So having people like running away from him or being oh, able be cool. to like being able to like conjure things. So you wouldn't necessarily start with uh, allies, but you could like conjure a spider and whatever yeah. else Pennywise. It may be super buffed, but I think the concept is like he would gain fear resources every time. Cause sometimes you run away from a character and like every time a character actively moved away from yeah. you, you gained fear. And Pennywise yeah. is just such an awesome character. All right. So in that, Terrifying. in the horror pack, I have also have alien. Very nice. The xenomorph. Xenomorph. Yes. So I imagine awesome. him starting. That'd be amazing. I imagine him starting with some face suckers that have like one health. <laughs> That's fantastic. And if they attack you, they they like disappear. But it puts like some sort of like permanent debuff, debuff on, yeah. onto you because you got a, a face idea. sucker on you. Okay, right. so you picked like a themed pack and you're picking characters in them. Yeah. So okay. all right. So I have next one and the horror pack is the thing. And the okay. thing I have with the thing is that... Have you actually watched the original thing with yes. Russell Crowe? Yeah. And okay. it, it, like, eats people, but also, like, takes them over. And so I was thinking this one could, like, eat, um, like, allies and heroes. And so, like, if the thing takes it over, it sort of, like, takes over your ally steal or whatever. Your, like, sort of, like, your steal your sidekicks and stuff. And then the last one I have in the horror pack is Jack Skellington from... Nice. Nightmare That's a fun. So this fun. is a That's huge fun. pack. This it's is a four like a, pack. It's a four pack. Oh, I thought you had like five. No, it's, it's four pack. That's Pennywise, four. Alien, the but thing. That's the fun thing about okay. Unmatched. I mean, I've seen these come yeah. in single One, characters. Two, threes, and fours. Twos, threes, fours. So <laughs> yeah. you know, we can, you can all do it. have our um, Yeah, the thing is they could definitely do it with aliens because like with Nemesis, they could just take similar Intruders. Yeah, I call them intruders. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so my first one is actually horror-themed as well. And this was inspired, uh, Brady, I know we at least talked about this, is by the new public domain IP that happened this year. (laughs) And there is a new horror movie called, it's just called Pooh. Is it or what? It's, it's, it's called Winnie the, oh, Winnie yeah, the, Winnie Pooh, the Pooh, Blood yeah. and Honey. Blood yeah. and Honey. And I think Blood and Honey would be- I still don't a, know if this is like a, a, a spoof out there. Somewhere. It may be, but Blood and Honey would be a great name for a pack. And, <laughs> and so my when I'm with my character, I'm just thinking of like cool characters. You can put them in with anything else or be solo. And so Winnie the Pooh, you call it Blood and Honey, but these, because essentially now Winnie the Pooh is public domain officially. And there's a, a movie coming out where there's essentially a pig man and a- kind of a, a bear type creature and 
they are Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. It's Winnie and Piglet. Come on. Piglet. And there are, it's a slasher movie. And so yeah, it doesn't have to be full slasher, but I would love to see something like that Winnie Pooh the Pooh and Piglet, and Piglet together. But they could either be, they're hardcore. Like they've been hardened by war or they've been hardened by like the forest burning down and or Unmatched something. Unmatched does sort of reimagine characters. Like Little Red Riding Hood. She was like a little ninja. Yeah, she's like, like a little she, ninja. Her character literally had a wolf's, a dead wolf's head as her hat. Yeah. And Alice. Like, carries like this giant sword so yeah. it's like they they are they make them a little more action forward yeah, yeah. Um, and so you could take Winnie the Pooh kind of grunge them up grime them up a little bit <laughs> they don't have to be full on murderers but if you like these are literally <laughs> they're fighting people. for their lives just imagine that cow that you love eating hamburgers now it's fighting back and Winnie the Pooh and Piglet aren't taking none of your mess and <laughs> so right. it just be it'd be hilarious more than anything all right Jacob, uh, what's your next? All one? right, this will be my <laughs> my nautical nautical themed pack. Oh, oh don't take okay. it from me. Oh, this is interesting. I have a nautical character. Oh, okay, well, maybe I hope I didn't steal it. Well, I I came up with it first. You didn't have anything before you walked into this conversation. So, uh, Jack Sparrow is versus maybe expensive versus Jaws the okay, shark. I thought of Jaws versus the Loch Ness monster. Oh, Loch Ness monster uh, was so that'd good. Be a good one. Oh, that'd be good, like of because they do have Bigfoot, and so they do have a cryptid type creature. That's what I'm saying. We got some, yeah. but they should definitely it would be nice to have a cryptids. water pack, sort of self-contained, because then you know there's because yeah. they're magically really it works. Yeah, but yeah. You know, the one thing I don't like about a mash is some of these boards have like these little mechanic gimmicks, like the boards themselves, yeah. and I don't feel they I feel like those take away. They might, those, I feel like those would be better at two player. Yeah. And we've been playing most of these at, at team or we've even been doing three or four player kind of free for alls, but I love the lot, like doing like a Loch Ness monster, doing the Chupacabra, doing Mothman. Oh, there's a I lot love of it. There, there's a lot Lord of like cryptozoology type stuff. And you know, Brady, you and I both love Appalachia pack, you know, oh, <laughs> I love it. That's a great one. All right. So I have my, I just, I don't have a clever name for this. This is just called the agent pack and I have 007. Jason Bourne, Charlie's Angels, and Kim Possible. Nice. I and like the Kim Possible. Act. I like, so it's 007. What I about Rufus? Being, Does Rufus get to Yeah, I, I have him right there. Kim? Okay, cool, cool, cool. So I have 007 using more like gadgety tech stuff. Jason Bourne's more hand-to-hand combat. Did you say really, go-go gadget? No. Inspector Gadget? Inspector Gadget. I Oh, my gosh. A car that oh. says go-go gadget and his arms can oh, do two attacks at once. That's an honorable mention there. Honorable mention. All right. Charlie's Angels would have three heroes, sort of like the Raptors. And then Kim Possible would have Rufus. So that's, nice. that's kind Brady, of fantastic. are you going to start donating money no, to- uh, That to, is Ron's naked mole rap, but you know, we'll- uh, Yeah, are you going to start we'll donating like, money to Restoration Games? Oh, we didn't mention Restoration Games is who does yeah, that. Yeah, the that. amount of money- they would have to spin. We're just dreaming here, Matthew. We're I know. Just well, here's the thing. No, I'm no, giving no. them real options here. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. So Jason Bourne is a movie. They could get the license to the books because they actually were novels. Oh, that's true. I actually before. read one of the and first then, ones. You know, you don't have to have Matt Damon's face on there. You can just have your own Jason Bourne. So, it, like I said, that's cheaper than Jurassic Park. I think Agent Cody Banks would that's, be even that's cooler. Funny. That's so stupid. That's so niche. <laughs> that's, You're telling me there isn't hilarious. a male. Or Frankie, even just a, make it Frankie Muniz. I also I think that's great. Breaking <laughs> Bad. Did you put Breaking Bad as one of yours? Well, I thought about Walt, that actually. Walter White. I considered putting Sam Fisher on here because I love the Splinter Cell games, but I just there's you know the age old debate over whether 007 or Jason Bourne would win. I'm Team Jason Bourne, so I just wanted to throw these two in there. Nice. Yeah. Um, one uh one uh idea I did have uh was honorable mention was just the character just John Krasinski. Like that's your character, <laughs> but he switches between Jim from the office oh. to uh, to uh, 
Oh, he was on Quiet Place. He did Quiet Place, but no, but he did Jack Ryan. And then, spoiler alert, yeah, he's been out for three or four it, weeks. Mr. No, Fantastic. No, no. Oh, spoiler alert, he's been out for four <laughs> weeks. Okay, I don't feel bad for you. Um, but he changes, he's a, he's a normal anyway. man, but he changes characters <laughs> okay. from his movies. All right, my number two. They can't buy John Krasinski. They could buy me? All right. Well. Okay, number two. Um, and this is a movie I loved growing up, and it just filled me with so much awe and wonder. And I just never knew there, there's a game about it, board game, but why there wasn't more done in like pulp culture and stuff. And that is Captain Nemo. Um, I know there's like Nemo's War, but essentially Captain Nemo is, you know, set, you know, back in, you know, 16, 1700s. And he has, he's a genius and he has just, just, uh, futuristic technology and stuff that he's put in his submarine. Uh, his goal is to create more of a utopian type world and society. Uh, but the world sees him as an enemy and as a threat because his technology is so advanced that he almost seems like an, an evil to them. And so I think Captain Nemo and you could have special abilities and tech, maybe That's even fun. have a little submarine, but your sidekick could be the Kraken, which yeah. I think would be a really cool little thing that could pop up with tentacles mm -hmm. and do kind of ranged attacks on people around the border. You have a water token similar to the Invisible Man that allows for submarine transportation. It's just a cool IP. Yeah, I know absolutely. that a lot of people wouldn't like that one as much. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. like the things they, That's like you good. said, that they can take, if they can take a little red riding hood and make her hardcore, yeah. They can, they can take any character. So that's my number two. All right. This is my next pack. It's called the unstoppable force meets immovable object. Okay. We all know the unstoppable force is the Kool-Aid man. Okay. Oh <laughs> my man word. Versus, versus Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Okay. Now, so, if they can, if they can't afford John Krasinski, they cannot afford the Rock. He's like the highest paid actor ever. Yes, he's, like he's, he's the, the, he does it all. The uh, the trailer for the Black Adam is dropping on June eighth. I mean, I, I feel like you see have that. to do what was the Kool Aid Man busts through walls and the Rock oh, can't be yeah. busted through. So I would mean, it be on. would it be the Rock as in like the wrestler? Oh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, probably all his Dwayne. forms. He probably takes on multiple forms. Oh, See, this, I think it's a great idea. Take an you actor. You have to buy yeah. IPs from every movie he's been in. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. I so think. that's like a duo pack? It's a duo pack, yeah. All right. I've got my history pack. So my history pack, I had to, I and let me tell you, these were big. I had to cut this down oh, significantly. I'm sure. So I have Joan of Arc versus Bonnie and Clyde. Versus Jesse James versus Nikola Tesla. I think Tesla would be a great one. I, I don't know about Bonnie and Clyde. I think Bonnie and Clyde would be awesome. We'd get get some Tommy guns. They could have different things where they you know gangster, they could gangster them up, gangster stuff. Yeah. They can steal stuff. It's a fun pack. You could mess with so much to take in history. There's so many interesting real life characters. Yeah, there are a lot of a lot of good characters. Yeah, that was your also, number three. I was. I'll do honorable mention was. Um, uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Um, I think they are anyway. doing. I know some of the ones they do coming up is like a Shakespeare, Houdini, um, and some other ones like that. Rosie the Riveter. Yes, Rosie well, River. I think would be one as well. Yeah. All, All right. right. So my number three, uh, also a character that I love, and also another game that I enjoy, but I always will like more, and that is Robinson Crusoe, with his sidekick being Friday. Um, because you could literally play this character up as their survivor. They're scrappy. Their whole mechanic is taking damage but then somehow negating it or obviously this would be a character that you could kind of heal up and do things with crafting and so that's one mechanic that hasn't been done in the game uh, like if, these, cool, if yeah. these cards obviously it couldn't be too complicated but like if these two or three cards were played in some order then you gained a bonus ability that's on his like his little face card 
And so his face card has like two or three special powers and you could activate those whenever you quote unquote crafted by playing certain cards in an order. And I thought that'd be really cool. And that's his whole stick, especially if you played um, Robinson Crusoe, um. right? That's just because <laughs> the Cursed Island or whatnot, these, the co-op game, yeah, you're, like, right, you're crafting with it the whole time. And then yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. Friday is like the quintessential like sidekick that is you that always the, think is about. Is he the dog? Or, no. Oh, well, there's a dog in it, right? There is a dog. Okay, sorry. That's my number three, Robinson nice. Crusoe. Okay. Um, okay, so I think this one, we just call it the uh, eccentric billionaires pack um, because they don't, you know, Restoration Games doesn't need to pay the billionaires because the billionaires are going to pay Restoration Games for them to be Because they got billions by game. giving things and, away. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be... Oh, no. <laughs> Elon Musk. Elon Musk. And his Cybertruck. As is his partner. Yeah, are you yeah. sure, are you, yeah, sure yeah, you wouldn't yeah. have Dogecoin? Or <laughs> no. Mars? The planet Mars. The planet Mars. Literally his sidekick. <laughs> well, because he has to go up against Bezos and his rocket ship, who okay. has to go up against Steve Jobs and his Apple. I think Jeff Bezos' sidekick should be a Kindle. You're not going to put Bill in there with his yacht? Bill, yeah, Bill needs to be in there with, with his computer chip. I think, yeah, we could put uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, but his, like he could cha- he'd change phases, and so it's like kind of Jekyll and Hyde, so we have Mark Zuckerberg, and then we have a lizard man. Because <laughs> we all know Mark Zuckerberg is a lizard person. Yes. Thematically, they would all have to be like hackers, like fighting yeah, yeah, in a yeah. digital world and Yeah, you call the, the set hackers. Oh, hackers. Yeah, yeah. Jacob, I think that made me my favorite, yes. Yeah, uh, a lot of fun All right, there. this is my like be comical. wild yeah. duo pack, but I have... Just this is just a two pack. These were ones that I couldn't fit anywhere else. And this is Indiana Jones versus Buzz Lightyear. Come on. So what? I don't. I I would want a lot. The a bajillions human. of dollars. This would. Matthew, no. you think that's I know, too serious? I know. I <laughs> know. Too serious. Um. Yeah. So Buzz, I feel like was is just adjacent enough to be able to throw him in there. Not and they have you know they have the Disney license and everything. So is it? And Indiana Jones is also Disney, isn't he? Or no. It yep. is now. He's Lucasfilm. He's Disney. It wasn't. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was sort of my like Cowboys versus Aliens type of thing. Nice. You ever watch the movie Cowboys versus Aliens? Oh, I don't watch it. Actually, pretty Daniel good. Craig. Don't watch it. Actually, not too bad. Olivia what? Wilde. <laughs> These are the same people who said Obi Wan was horrible. Do not listen, my my <laughs> yeah, friends. Yeah, but my expectations people. going into <laughs> Cowboys versus Aliens was way down there. Was way down there. <laughs> okay, my number four. Oh my goodness, this may be this is number one in my heart, but number four on my list. And uh, there was a movie that came out in 2012 that I don't even know how I found it, but I actually loved it to death. And this is Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. So this is a movie. So. Oh taking, yeah, Vampire Slayer. There was a there was a movie about that too. Came yep. out about the same time. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Yeah. Um, and in essentially in this movie, it, it's like an alternate history, which I love. In like, I, think any, I, I I never thought about that movie other than right now and when I saw it. Yeah, I <laughs> I love <laughs> stories that take history, but then they get, put a twist on it. Like this is uh, the history they never told you about, yeah. and that's how the movie presents. It's like, like there's like and prejudice and zombies. zombies. That's Rage. <laughs> Be quiet. You're going to well, give yeah, away my list. Zombies in um, but it's essentially, it's alternate history. There was a secret vampire war going on behind the Civil War and all this stuff. Um, but I love Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I think one of his cards should be, you can't handle the truth, you know, because he's honest, Abe. 
Nice. But I think that'd be really Fantastic. cool. I know we have Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so maybe not I, do the vampire I did part. Think about but Abraham a hardcore like, a, like, like a founding fathers. Yeah, founding fathers pack. Um and so that was kind of be my theme for the pack is put other founding fathers, um, but make them like hardcore, like mm-hmm. just thug nasty. Yeah. Red coat slaying. Like you just his, his cards, he's just coming out swinging with uh shotgun with uh, he needs a shotgun. But you give him a and shotgun, but his, his axe, his yeah, axe. Yeah. I don't know what his sidekick would be. Maybe it's a little top hat little mi- miniature that moves around. Or it could be his head. What? Oh, okay. He died. <laughs> oh, fantastic. John right, Wilkes Booth could be a sidekick. Last, my last pack, um, we would just call it the Godfather pack. And this is going to have your classic Don Vito Corleone and his crime family uh, in New York and or Las Vegas, or Nevada area, versus... And this is just a love letter to gaming. The Godfather of gaming, Tom Vassell and his Dice Tower crew. <laughs> I would buy the Tom Vassell. Don Corleone versus Tom Vassell. Tom Vassell, next Kickstarter, made it happen. Come on. Uh, I could see them doing that for a Dice Tower Kickstarter. Tom Vassell's tall. He could lay lay down some hurt. Yeah, Yeah. he's 6'3". Yeah, I'd love to play as Tom Vassell in in an unmatched game. That'd be a blast. I also did a famous duos pack. So I have Agent J and Agent K from Men in Black. Nice. Um... And then I have Beauty and the Beast, which is a grim fairy tale. Don't necessarily need the license from Disney. Thank you very much. You got it from me. And uh, Shaggy and Scooby. <sighs> Brady, That's you fantastic. missed out on the best opportunity. What is that? Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> with <laughs> with Yeah, with Angelina Jolene and Brad Pitt. Have you never seen this that movie? That is literally yeah, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, the movie. That is, hey, It's great. No. A husband uh, and wife I, duo. I actually thought it... I, when I was looking at the agent pack, I was kind of thinking through some agents. I thought about that movie, and I was like, no, that's them. Oh, you know what would have been even cooler? What was it called? Shooter? Or uh, where they curved the bullets? That's uh, Wanted. Wanted. That's right, with Morgan Freeman in it. Yep. Uh, and uh, the, James McAvoy and Angelina Jolie. Another Angel. Oh, just yeah. Angelina and Jolie pack. Yeah, and she's uh, Evelyn Salt from Salt. So. Now, listen. I think Salt. Sorry about this. Just one more thing. Salt is one of the one of the most underrated action it movies. It, it is, is fantastic. Do yep. yourself a favor; you can find it for a dollar out there. Um, but man, another Angelina Jolie secret agent movie. It's great. It's great, and it has Leif Schreiberg as oh, I don't want to spoil anything, but Leif Schreiberg is in the movie. All right, What's your next bag? All right, is this my last one? I've done five. I've done oh, five. what shame! So Just my last. Mention some honorable mentions. I have like thirty of them in here. All right. Well, honorable mention because <laughs> an IP that they could actually get that would be similar to Indiana Jones would be Alan Quartermain. Um, did you all ever see an Alan Quartermain in the, nope. the temple? I think uh, um, I can't remember his name. He died of cancer. Let's just throw prostate cancer. But it also in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, um, Alan Quartermain, essentially kind of a version of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of um, Indiana Jones type thing. Yeah. He's a throw he's, Laura Croft in there. Laura, oh, Laura Croft. Yeah. I didn't even think about video games. The adventure pack. Venture pack, but my number five official one is going to be Pride and Prejudice. Okay, that's that's going to be my official one. Yeah, Mr. Darcy, all that stuff, a very uppity. Um, and so I don't know how you would spin this versus Um, Downton versus Downton Abbey. (laughs) Yeah, um, but I think that you could like again, you could put a twist on it. Like, um, well, there was the zombies. There was the zombies. Was that a movie or just a book? It was a movie. I think there was. I think there was a book, but then they made a movie on it. Yeah, Uh, I I did watch that. Same people who did. It was uh, was really bad. It was the same people who did the uh, Abraham Lincoln versus vampires. Well, it was not as good as old Abe Lincoln 
chop enough heads. Um, but I think that'd be funny because they're very posh, they're very formal, yeah, yeah. but have them throw down and you could have tea party and it'd yeah. be like a special card to where everyone just had to like, you could, you could command a somebody scandal. else. A, a scandal. A scandal. Yeah. Spread a, a rumor. A rumor. I, remember, I heard. Um, so that I think there's a lot of like comical kind of like play on words you can do with those characters. All right. That's my number five, Prime Prejudice. But will they listen under on uh, Restoration Games? You can you have free access to all of my ideas tonight. All sorts of good ideas. Yeah. I think we some really good ones. Thing, they, so they got more Marvel characters coming out, but we do not need another game makers, oh, that is they, full of Marvel characters. You just like, look at all these. Get rid of that and just keep using these like really unique characters. So there is a current. Uh, this is a slight shift, but I think it's a it's worth talking about. Is the uh, I think there's a game found campaign going right now for um, the storage. I don't know if it's officially no. open. I'll have to look. Uh, did is. you check it? But yeah, it's I'm a storage sure. system because right yeah. now I literally have boxes that are almost as tall yeah. as myself carrying them around. And so what they are having now is because really all you need is a yeah. space for the min the character miniature, which is not huge, the deck and any kind of little dial or token. But they're taking it and they're turning it into a small little box that half clear acrylic. And you essentially you can kind of store them in like a modular system where you, you literally just instead of having a big box, you pull out, you just yep. pull the little the little acrylic box that has images on it uh, and you just pull it out of the shelf and there's a go. I think each box, it looks like you can hold 16 characters, uh, which is a lot. I mean, most people probably don't even have that many, uh, but you have two of those. So it literally can turn all of your boxes for unmatched into two little boxes. Someone, we just need to split this up and combine them all. How much is it? Is it is it officially out? I'll we definitely buy it. I'll get a modular box, and but, at some point we can all have sixteen, and then we can just mix and match and take our yeah, favorites. Yeah, you know, yeah I'll just, just keep it in the back of the car, and you got your modular unmatched anywhere you it go. It is kind of a nice game. Like it's this is very casual. You cannot take this oh, game too seriously. Absolutely, yeah. but it is super fun to like whip out in like thirty minutes. It's been fun because it starts as like a filler game. Like uh, we don't really have enough time to play anything big, and then we end up playing for an hour, hour fifteen. We minutes. play several like different we characters. Suddenly, have yeah. played a, like a, what we could. You just get so game. excited about those matchups, like blood. Mary versus Achilles. Are yeah. you kidding? And there are characters like in other games where the players themselves gravitate towards. So like finding the characters you like to play yeah. and then rotating through those and creating the different matchups, uh, I think is really cool. I do agree. I, I wish I, it's money. I, that's the end of the day. They, they're making money with the Marvel IP, uh, but I just wish they get away with, uh, get away from that a little bit more. And like, I know we have some goofy ideas, but like they're in the spirit of what, Made unmatched, unmatched because mm -hmm. they they have like, one coming please out. Please, Pennywise the clown. That, yeah. that cannot be that. I expensive. want to see Link from Legends of Zelda too. I think that'd be so yeah. cool. I think Nicolas Cage as a character in the game would be well. You be already, fun. Yeah. He already breaks the fourth yeah. wall. Up. Yeah, but I they, did. I fun. specifically didn't want to put Smash characters in there because, but yeah, I did yeah. think of, and I actually pulled this one back of like Ash catch him with three three part Pokemon mm -hmm. and but change I was their like, form. Eh, but I, well, no, no, no. You could just have them as sidekicks. Oh, and yeah. I. But I was like, eh, they're it's already a Smash character. I don't want yeah. them in there. And so, like some future ones, I can't remember if we mentioned before. They have like for King and Country, which is going to have Black Panther, Black Widow, and I think um, maybe like the Winter Soldier in it. And then they're going to have another pack that has like Cloak and Dagger, a Squirrel Girl, and Miss Marvel. And so Squirrel Girl's pretty cool. At least they, they are like slightly lesser known. Yeah, yeah, characters. but they did have like it a fan, just... like a fan submission. I I think a couple of years ago now of different characters and some ones that did come out were the ones like Houdini, um, Shakespeare, and, and, and <laughs> the a, Shakespeare one is going to be incredible. Yeah, and so there's going to be like I'm going to attack you with music. 
Uh, so there are other unique ones coming down the pipeline. It's and just, like the, with the way they have set this up, this is endless. Like this, yeah, they can have go forever. Like it would never end if they wanted to keep making these. It's a really fun There's idea. No universe, yeah. It's such a fun idea. And yeah. the, the design is really beautiful. Yeah, I love the clean. packaging. Yeah, the, yeah. the minis are always nice with the wash on them. Mm-hmm. Oh, each yeah, that's true. Each pack kind of has like a, yeah, the, but each pack kind of has like its slight own Artistic. art style. Yeah. But it kind of fits for the pack. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. with the with the Little Red Riding Hood and, and the Beowulf, they had kind of like the, the even the font was kind of like that kind of like like fairy tale yeah. book kind of font, grim fairy tale font mm-hmm. and stuff. And the cobble and fog one looks awesome. It's sort of like misty looking and mysterious. Yeah, a little grimmer. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's great. Like, again, it, it's a slight game, but it has a lot of legs and longevity. And there is like competitive communities and tournaments that actually go on that you get in, you know, there's, there's tier listing and ratings. Yeah. But you could play like, this is so entry level. You could play this with just about anybody like little kids could play this. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. All right, very good, very good. Any other new uh, news that's come out? Ananaki has officially finished its crowdfunding. We, um, I, don't I, know if I you guys mentioned it. it last week, but we full sent on the Newcastles of Burgundy. Oh, we mentioned it. Watch. Multiple, multiple people have <laughs> full sent yeah, on it. They went on Arcs. Yeah, Arcs has crossed over a million dollars now. So Arcs. Yeah, I saw that. You what it was like? You, you're, you're, you carry a lot of hope of the people. Uh, for Arcs, and so Arcs actually, I think later this week they're supposed to be releasing their full campaign rules. On Twitch, Leader Games actually has a part of like the camp, the three-part campaign, uh, live streamed um, on their Twitch. If you want to check anything else like like that out, uh, any other new games that y'all have on the horizon? I know Jacob, you've mentioned that you've hit your board gaming budget acquisition. Slow down, man. I'm just in the. Yeah, uh, me too. We, we talked about the board gamers journey, and uh, I'm just in the enjoying what I have and what other what you guys bring. That's a nice fun, nice place. It's freeing. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's going to be it for this week's episode. As always, I'm Matthew. I'm Brady. And I'm Jacob. And this has been The The Discussion Discussion Phase. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Discussion Phase. If you enjoyed our content and like to hear more, make sure to tune back every week for new episodes. You can follow us on Instagram for our recent playthroughs. And you can also join us on Discord, link in below, and let us know your thoughts on all these topics. Thanks, everybody. The king of euros keeps his crown.